Hey, everybody, welcome to the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Uh, both the episodes this week, we're not live. Um, we're we're going to be pre-recorded episodes. Uh, the first one up that I'm here to talk about is uh, this one called um, Every Dream Has Its Price Tag. Uh, it was recorded several months ago uh, with Amy Spees and Noelle Parker. This is the shoplifting episode. It's really a great conversation. I think if you're not on our Patreon, uh, you're absolutely going to enjoy it. Um, and yeah, so here is this again. It's pre-recorded. We'll be back live next week when we cover Castles in the Sand with Brooke. Um, so that should be a lot of fun. Okay, thanks so much. And here is the episode. Hey, Beverly Hills 90210 fans, are you ready to dive deep? Episode by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code with your host, Pete Ferrero. Like so many special guests and all your questions live on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So here we are. Uh, We are doing a special bonus episode of Every Dream Has Its Price Tag. And we are joined by Amy Spees and Noelle Parker, who uh, was our Tiffany in uh, that episode. Charles and I have been referring to her as the shoplifter. (laughs) Amy's the writer, of course. Yes. And Amy wrote this. Uh, It's good to see both of you. It's exciting to chat with you about this episode. Amy, you were just telling uh, Noelle something before we came on. Do you want to pick up what you were saying? Yeah, I was saying that I had not seen in full that episode since it aired. And I actually remember watching it when it aired. And it was actually the first TV hour long that I had written. I'd written movies. I'd written half hours. And uh, so it was very much from my heart. And your character, I, you know, I loved your character. I don't love all the characters. I cre- I loved it. And I loved, <laughs> you were fantastic. When I, I watched you, I mean, I always thought you were fantastic and I remembered it, but you were so great and real. And so. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was fun. That was a fun character to play. I mean, yeah. I was telling Pete, Peter that, um, so, Charles, you go by Charles now? Because I remember you went by Chuck. Friends <laughs> uh, call me, if, if you know me and your friend, you call me Chuck. But professionally, <laughs> I've always been Charles. Uh, always been uh, Charles. My, my wife for many years told me I didn't look like a Chuck. Chuck should be from Iowa. <laughs> and I didn't feel, and my grandpa was Charlie. My high school girlfriend called me Charlie. So that wasn't going to work. So okay. I'm, uh, I'm going to go with Charles because I, I get it. way, I, I answered anything. So. So I was telling Peter that when we when I auditioned for that part, I mean it was really early in the series, right? It was like the second show. Yeah. Ever. Second episode, yes. Yeah. And, and we produced and, the pilot and then two episodes. Yeah. Right, right. And and I was um super like body conscious and insecure, which is so weird for an actress to have those, you know, qualities. But I remember that the director asked me in the audition, like, oh, would you be comfortable wearing a bikini? And I was like, no, I I would not be comfortable wearing a bikini. And she was like, well, like, it'll be a really far away shot. Like, it'll be from far away, so you won't have to worry. And I was like, all right, you know, we'll see, whatever. We'll see how this goes. And I was like, I'll wear shorts and a, and a bathing suit top, but no, I'm not. 
And, you know, then I ended up like in wardrobe with them, like, okay, let's fit you for a bikini. And I was like, no, and <laughs> so scary. And then they, you know, I get on the set to, it was like one of my first day shooting and I get on the set and it's all lit and everybody's at, you know, in place. And they're like, okay, you're on the diving board. And the camera is literally like six inches from my body. And I was like, wait a minute, this is not a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I was so like worried about how I looked. And um, the next day, you were, were you on the set, Charles? You were on the set, weren't you? I only have a, once or twice on this particular episode, cause it was the new, Right. Part. And and I um I'm pretty sure I was so paranoid that we would not make our days for so many reasons and that yeah. I would be punished for it, that I would go out sometimes if I'd be called we're way behind. Right. And so I saw you, I remember definitely being with you on the set. I so what I remember, and I remember it being you, but maybe I'm wrong. I because no, it's me. Um, but um so after so I, the next day, I was like, oh, my God, did you see the dailies? Did you see the dailies? And you were like, oh, yeah, the scene went really well. And I was like, forget the scene. How did I look? Like, how did I look in the bikini? And you said to me, "You, oh, you look great. You have great childbearing hips. <laughs> I did say that. It's, listen, my wife was pregnant. I had a, a, a toddler at home. It was on my mind. I said to Pete, when he said he contacted you, I said, oh, God, she's going to remember what I said. <laughs> I'm in trouble here. And uh, I apologize. I, I'm real good at apologizing. And I no, it's funny. Just like Pete or whatever I was, I was like, is that a condiment? I'm not <laughs> No, you were horrified. You did, there was no question. What are you saying to me? I went, oh, my God, I, that's something I I have to ask you though, Noah. Do you have children? I don't. I haven't had children. Oh, oh well, this went to waste. So I know the know. I also know a lot of actresses who, um, like the actresses on Melrose Place, which I worked on afterwards. They were, you know, in you know, my mommy and me groups, I was with a lot of actresses, and mm -hmm. they're all aware of that. But I think really more power to the director for actually in that era even bringing it up. And I'm, it was a she. I'm not sure he would have brought that up. Absolutely. Absolutely. He would never have brought it up. Absolutely. That's absolutely right, Amy. I think um, you know, you know that, that shot of you, right, not with your head of this, is in was in the first season title sequence. I, I know, I know. <laughs> so from, from not wanting to do it to... From not wanting to do it and from thinking it was going to be far away to that shot literally like started at my feet and the camera like went up and widened out and the intro. revealed my body. And then like, yeah, you guys used it <laughs> right before it revealed my face. You guys used exactly. that. Exactly. So for years, I thought it was Jenny Garth, quite frankly. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what it was. That's but, funny. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's really yeah. fun stuff. Um, it was really fun. Amy, do you, I want to ask Amy, because you wrote this episode. Do you, re, I mean, coming into 90210, I mean, this is really early. Like you said, what, the second episode. Uh, do you remember coming into that world and then writing writing this? And what was that process like? I for you? totally do. I had a, 
I don't know about how my birthing whatevers were, but I had a two-year-old daughter at home. And so um, I wasn't really used to going into an office because I had been writing screenplays and I had a back house and I went in some, I mean, I thought, you know, Chuck was the one that hired me. I thought it was, and I was brought on for six months with a six month thing to help with the, uh, girl characters, because I had written a movie, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And in fact, a lot of what I've written has been about teenage girls. Who, I mean, I'm just finishing, or they're showing my first novels out. Agents have it, are showing it. And it's a, it's about women but it, and memory, but it really goes into the feelings of loss and abandonment you can have as a teenager. So um, I thought that uh, that that's why I thought you know your character and how you did it was so great because it's what came across and you know as Chuck knows it was it was inspired by some of our situations growing up because even if you're yeah even if you're in a materialistic world that is so admired you know you can sometimes you still feel the law you don't have the basic thing and that Walsh family at early on they didn't know who they want to focus on wanted to focus on you know the network and uh Aaron Spelling and so it was really uh the, it was they were thinking it would be very about family in the midst of all this craziness in Beverly Hills and how the solidity of the family Coming to it was very exciting and fun because I I like collaborating. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Amy, a couple of things. Amy is is a long time uh, resident of Beverly Hills. She graduated right. from Beverly right. Hills High School, right. like myself. She's much younger than me, a whole year younger. So she. Yeah. But Amy also, it, it, you know, yes, her credit, it, whatever the credit is, her calling card script. You know, every writer has that. Um, you know, the one that, that everybody reads and, and then wants to take meetings was called Too Smart for Love. And I think it was one of the best. Yeah. I, I still remember it. I, I still may even have it, Amy, in, my, uh, my, in, the, in the box. It's so funny you remember that. That was the first, really, that was the first script I wrote. And it, yeah, was, was, great. it was basically a romance comic con meets action adventure kind of a thing, but it was a script. So and also I should say that Amy is second generation Hollywood. Her father was a yeah a, a known writer of, of T V movies and I'm sure a lot of other things I don't know, probably features before TV movies. Features, TV yeah. shows, um the first one of the first episodes the first year of Star Trek, you yeah. know the whole thing. Yeah, my mother was also I never realized this because she died which is a lot of what inspires my loss that, you know, focusing on that. She died when I was 24, but she has a Hitchcock credit for Hitchcock. Wow. So. And I just, oh. she never was very braggy. Wow. So, That's I do. like Hollywood so. royalty right there. Yeah. But it was very, very, very fun coming in in many ways and the exciting of part of it. And, you know, we all had no idea. Yeah. No idea. It was like we would kid around, like, "Oh, are these fashions gonna shape, you know, the show? Is it even gonna catch on?" And because it was relatively low profile at the beginning, and I think Chuck would, would verify this, we had so much freedom, and we had a playwright, we had a writer from New York, we had, you know, the guy who created it, who had written features, we. And I think we had someone else too. And that was, and so everybody had very different unique styles and they all 
we were given a lot of freedom in the first few scripts, and so it all kind of helped make it, I think, a little more original than it might. Well, the first six were, were very different from mm -hmm. what happened, right? We made the change, we changed line producers, that, you know, because the first season was, as you say, absolutely correctly, uh, it was Walsh family uh, show. I often say I did, I, I produced the show, ran the show for five seasons, and I ran five different television shows. Mm -hmm. Because of what the focus was, what the tone was, what the expectations were. We had, they had no expectations at this point that that we were that we would even get to our order of 12 episodes. Mm. And because of the nature of how Fox functioned at that juncture, that what we would do uh, in the first, in, in the one that preceded Amy was called The Green Room. Amy's script and my next script uh, was called One on One about, about busing in, in Beverly Hills around sports. Um, until Darren wrote uh, the first time, which is when Brandon Walsh loses his virginity, we would finish these episodes, we would show them to the people and their reaction was meh. That they would find out in the nature of what they were. And I, it came back to me, Amy and, and, and Noel, as we're talking here, that I remember now what Aaron said about this episode, which I had forgotten completely. I, like, because I, um, I blank a lot of out about what he said to me. <laughs> um, I, I will, uh, yeah. Um, but that it was a, it was an okay episode. But why were we focusing on the guest cast? Mm. It's like okay, you deliver the you know this, and it was tough. I you know when Amy says to the be assembled, I wrote scripts from home in a back house. I wrote scripts from home in a back house. I mean, right. once in a while I'd be on a TV series, yeah. not much over the. I had already been in the entertainment business by tw for twelve years before I started nine hundred two and zero, and the five years six, we did six and a half years of television in five years. And I aged 25 years in that period of time. You know, it was a, it was more, when you're a writer at home, you know, you get angry about things or, you know, you're executive in this, but it, it's not so overwhelming that mm. riding on you, what you're writing, what you're doing. And I know I was not emotionally prepared for it. In fact, Amy, I don't even think you would know this. I would, when I was right before this particular situation i was a writing producer the northern exposure and and which you think wow that was great and yet it was a very rough show a lot of personality stuff and, and i come home to my care i'm not temperamentally suited for this business i, I really should just be this isn't right for me you know maybe i should have done like julie i go write speeches for political people I, this is not the way i should go my life here and um uh, so it was, it was a tough transition and I think we all, uh, you know, uh, got through it, but this episode to stand up, it, it, it I, I had no, because the green room and this episode were not treated that respectfully by the network or the, the production company. And then there was Darren's really good episode. And when I wrote, I knew about those two, right. These two just, I hadn't watched till about. Who is it? When did we do the first six? Like about a month ago? Yeah, three weeks ago. Yeah. And I was I, I was so happy he reached out and um 
and, and we have you both here today. Uh, I actually don't remember that. I actually remember the Fox executives calling me and saying they really loved the episode. And they thought it was great. So I actually thought it was received. Was it McDermott called? That makes me feel better. Yeah, but I think a little better. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of, I got, yeah, at the time that was very well received. Well, it was was a wonderful script. They would call, but they were talking to me about always different stuff. You know, stuff that I wasn't prepared for. Well, the other thing that happened is that with um, as we got closer, I'd say after five or six, it they started realizing that people were paying attention. Right. They started getting into it and they started. I wouldn't you know, they started exerting their influence and having opinions that that we can't we were that we weren't just kind of, oh, let's try this. Oh, it's so. Right. It's we had to be yeah, the episode Chuck was talking about, episode said seven. It was they want they still wanted it to be the parents at the beginning, and so she gets a job because I know the actress was desperate to have a job on the show, and I had known her before. We were in a mommy and me group together, ironically, and so she um, and so we had her getting a job, but then they didn't want her to have the job at the end because now that she like got and. You know, right. we all said, you know, that, you know, but they wanted it. And that's how they ended up doing it, I think. I forget, mm. you know, and so then there, but then it just, and then it became just a little more, I guess, I don't know if it was more like a traditional, like a show, but it was just more like it wasn't the very early exciting stuff. Right. You could try crazy. Well, and and you see it in here, you see it in here with um, the, 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 um, in this particular episode, with uh, when Brandon goes out to look for his job, mm-hmm. and we use "town without pity." I and, love that, know, by the way. I forgot. Yeah, you remember that. when we came I up with that? I love that. Yeah, uh, I had totally forgotten. Yeah, and it, and interestingly enough, in, in that subplot, I, I I think I must have had mentioned to Amy because she took and ran with it. Yeah. That when I got out of high school. All my friends were, you know, pretty much staying in state colleges and they were traveling in Europe. And I was totally guilty because I was going to a school that's tuition was about a thousand dollars. I was going to University of Wisconsin in Madison. So I needed to get a job in Los Angeles. And I went into the uh, food court at the Century City, which was brand new. Right. And now it's, a, it's an iconic place. It was brand new. And it was in our backyard at Beverly Hills High School. And I went in and asked for a job application. And the person said, you don't want to, what are you doing? You're not going to work here. Because you looked around, there was not one Caucasian working right. there on any of the food stalls. Maybe right. there was, and there weren't as many as, as, you know, there were eight or 10. So I minded that to Amy. And, you know, Amy, one of the things that our, our, our third person in this uh, endeavor here is, is Larry Mullen. But I don't think you probably know personally he, we became, he came in in the fourth season. We became really close friends. Yeah, at Luke's funeral. Yeah, mm. um, yeah, because Amy was there with Darren, and I was there with Larry, and we um, and he has not known any of these first season episodes. And what he says, I think, amplifies what what Amy says, and what you feel in this particular episode is that. We were saying things politically that nobody else was saying. True. But also how true it was, the feeling of those first six to actually living in Beverly Hills. Yeah. That it, 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 it feels like the maybe not the Beverly Hills that existed in 1990 
why we were making the show. But the Beverly Hills that Amy and I remember from yeah. the 70s, and that was a, a glory era when, when she and I went to high school. Well, because it was, just a, yeah, it was a different era. But also the other thing that I thought about, I thought about two things with that. I thought, first of all, the whole part, which wasn't the part you were directly in, Noel, but the part where Cindy gets a maid, that was something I was told to do. Mm. Like, I don't know. And then I thought, or I, and I said, well, I'll turn it into, she doesn't want it. You know, she doesn't right. want it and she feels uncomfortable with it. And, but, you know, if that were done today, I would be allowed to do it in a much, it would, it would have been a really good additional little with a couple of lines to make it really blend in with everybody else's story there with Noel's story as Tiffany and with, you know, the Jason story too. And I think that, so I thought, I thought that was okay, but I thought together and the stuff you're talking about, we talked about creating a place, you know, in the big, the peach pit and Chuck had loved the apple pan. Right. Do. I, my belly will show you. That's the truth. <laughs> and for people not in LA, that's a place on Pico. I think it still exists. Yeah. We do it during COVID. And um, it, I had friends at college with very, few, one of the very few people I knew that was married when they got to college her, and they, they called each other peach. And then they had a baby and they called her peach pit. So oh, I sort of took the combination of Chuck's, love of the apple pan is a kind of a hanging out normal ah. place which it was and then the peach pit and it was so therefore it was the peach it pit. was so it was immediate you know yeah. Yeah, peach pit, not apple pan, because we wanted to use apple pan and they wouldn't let us so it was well we got to fictionalize it that's how little we knew when we were starting the show oh sure they'll they'll let us use the name and they'll let us film there <laughs> and i wrote this whole thing in that episode of you know, my vision of having a dream, her having a dream, having a dream and Les Miserables. And they did the first production meeting. And they said, I remember. And they said, oh, my God, do you know how much this is going to cost? Do you know how many days this is? And I said, oh, yeah, I just sort of thought it was aspirational. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> That's yeah. what I really learned the first because on Girls Just Want to Have Fun, it was never there was no well, there were the dance scenes, but they did it. You know, so yeah, that's a movie. They had to do it. Noel, um, I want to go to Noel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, how how absolutely. about you coming into this? Uh, you know, auditioning. What was the process like for you? Do you remember how you got into all the nine hundred two and O world? Yeah, I mean, I you know, it was just an it was an audition. I was you know going on many auditions all the time, and uh, you know, it's funny hearing them you guys talk about it because I, I do remember there being this sort of like you know, laissez-faire, like, like there, it wasn't like, this is 90210 and like, you know, Shannon and everybody and weren't stars yet, you know? And it was so, there was a sort of, um, there was, it was a lot of fun on the set, you know, for me. Um, there was like a, it was, it was pretty relaxed, you know? Um, I remember being very sure that Shannon was going to be, the star of the show though like would, would be with her in like hair and makeup i was like whoa that is like that's, that's <laughs> yeah. what an actress i guess like yeah behaves like you know and i'm i, I mean i've had my agent you know i i've gotten jobs where my agent was like you know you you have to ask for more on your in your contract you know and i i was like i'm not a i'm not a diva but it was really like it 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 
it was really fun. You know, there was a lot of like, it was a light environment. Um, and, and what you guys were talking about before, like the way that the episode starts, literally, I think the mother is digging in the garden and like, um, I mean, kind of like Charles, what you were saying, like it did become a completely different show. You know, it right. was definitely focused on, you know, I was sort of this bad girl influence on, on you know, they were just bright eyed and bushy tailed and moving to Beverly Hills and just like, you know, Joe, Joe normal family. And yeah, I was, you know, playing this sort of like darker aspect of, you know, the dark, kind of the dark side of, um, I guess really, you know, just kind of Hollywood, like what, you know, that there's this glitter and there's this beauty and there's this, you know, what everybody sees. And then underneath it, there's a lot of pain and a lot of loneliness. And, you know, that character really, I mean, that was a really fun character for me to play because I got to, to really do all that, um, you know, being really flippant and being really, you know, materialistic and, and not caring. And, and then, you know, it, it really was a great arc that, you know, in the end, having that last scene with the mother where she yeah. comes and realizes that, you know, oh, you're like all along, you know, and, and so that, that idea of them coming and looking at, um, you know, Beverly Hills and the, the rich people and all of that and, and maybe wanting to be more like that and seeing that, in fact, those people are lacking, you know, the goodness and the wholesomeness that their family, you know, came with and already had, you know. Yeah. Right. Yep. I, uh, I address the thing about the maid. Just okay. Second, because I, that's, that came from me. I, I grew up with a housekeeper, uh, you know, from uh, the moment we moved to Beverly Hills. And so it was there. And most of my friends, with the exception of Jeffrey White, all had housekeepers. Who was the producer on the show, by the way? He was the line producer, yeah. yeah. My, my close oldest friend. And I, I put him into something that was not fair for him, me, or anybody else. But nonetheless, but we remained still the closest of friends. Um, but... It was, um, so I had that, and I, I thought there was a lot of ways to do stories with that relationship, and we ended up being able to do two. One with a girl who wanted to come into Beverly Hills called East Side Story, and I guess that was the main one, and then about the idea of, of um, you know, the, the illegals, what, what stuff was going on with that community, but Mr. Spelling did not care. It was the wrong look. He didn't want it. She, they shouldn't have a housekeeper. And I, and like Amy says, if they tell you to do this enough that you're going to do it. There's some certain things I learned to push back on, but something like that you can't push back on. Mm. Like the fault was not Aaron Spelling. If, if, if you don't like the idea, the fault was was Charles. That was my... No, 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 no. I don't think it was. I just was, I don't think it was necessarily a bad idea to do it, but it was, I think it was good to do it in the way that it's a reality. Oh, the way, yeah. It's a good idea to do it in the way that you did it, yeah. Oh, I love that she didn't want the maid. I thought that's a that's a really nice touch because that, I think that's also something that I'm, I, I grew up in Jersey, so, uh, you know, watching that, you can sort of relate to these people moving to this place and the mother not wanting that you know what i mean because she's not accustomed to that being from minnesota so i think that's one of the ways it helped 
like br bridge the gap from this being an LA show to a show about really that could be, you know, anybody can sort of understand and relate to what was going on in Beverly Hills. Well, Cindy represented the, you know, what are we doing here? This awful place. That was her voice right. in the beginning, you know, and I'm only yeah. here for life. Yeah. And then you get like just intoxicated by the storylines and the things that are happening. Once you get in there and you meet Brandon and Brenda, um, I want to go back to the guest star note that Aaron Spelling had. It is true, though, in Aaron's notes that Noel does have a very big role in this. Um, I think that's a fair note that that he gave that you're focusing on a on a on a guest star. Why is that? And uh, was it because you're still trying to find these characters and bringing on another character was sort of like help to learn about the history of these other characters, the ones that we're focusing on, like Kelly's friend and all this kind of stuff. Is that why we, you, you guys sort of did that? I, I, you know, I think I probably in terms of the, the actual, how much time was in there is probably, I was writing it and I was writing it like I would have written if it were a movie, which is she had a role. She was like the main guest star in it. You know, at the end, it, it's the person who became the recurring, although I always thought you could have. And then um, I remember yeah. there was some talk of that at some point. That is right. But you went off to do that big TV movie and you were in a different strata. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't, we couldn't bring you back. Was there? There was some like, maybe. Uh, they no, no, you were great. You were, you were great. Really you represented. Were. We, in the pilot, Amy and I had nothing to do in the pilot, but there was one actress there who was in the pilot uh, and and actually is my favorite part of the pilot is this actress named Leslie Vega played the oh, rich yeah. girl Marianne up on the top yeah. of the hill. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know either, Amy, but I saw yeah. the pilot. Totally. And, and um, you filled that role. I mean, you could have been that girl, and there was so much to do. Amy, we're not going to drop names here because it won't mean anything to anybody but she and I. There was one uh, uh, girl who was in Amy's class in high school whose house was a party house. Mm -hmm. And I think that had some of the, yeah. that she based some of this on. And it was a, you know. a, sort of a compilation of a few of them. But, you know, I grew, no one really understands this, but I grew up in Beverly Hills, you know, if you know LA, south of, between Olympic and Pico. And it was, they literally called that below the tracks. It was like, you'd see this as a normal house in any town, you know, and nice, but nothing fancy at all. But once we be, we became exposed, my girlfriend and I used to ride our bikes up north over, there were railroad tracks in, on Santa Monica Boulevard. And these, how, some of the people, the girls we met were just, they were like that character. That's all. Some of them, not all of them, but some of them. And it was mm -hmm. just, whoa, you know, it was just, and so there was some of that. And also... Uh, my closest friend, who's still a very, very deep, like a sister to me, her family moved from uh, Ohio here. And her mom was a little, I borrowed from her mom, who was fantastic and couldn't, just didn't understand all the materialism and all that, mm. you know, and sort of. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Is the first thing you're talking about the one I would think you'd be talking about? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So the other thing I wanted to say is that when I rewatched it, because my daughters loved Shannon Doherty and loved Charm, her in this and in Charmed, and she was actually in Girls Just Want to Have Fun and named oh, after my niece. Mm. You know, I named the, the boy and girl in that after my niece and nephew. And so she, I had known her before a little bit, but I, this I thought she was so good in this episode. So also. good. 
and her relationship with with your Tiffany character was, I just thought it was really real. And so I guess the long-winded, this is a long-winded answer, Pete, that I just thought it was a really good story to play off against the others. I mean, I love it too. And I think that's one of the things that's endearing about 90210. I just watched the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion, but it's always focused on those guys, the, the main cast, but there's so many of the guest stars that made such an impact on 90210. I mean, I think, Chuck, it's fair to say from doing this podcast that the fans love the guest stars that took on these big roles. And well, it was my mind. It blew my mind in the beginning when we had some of these people who had recurring character and everybody wanted, and that our fans... And, and God bless you all who are looking at this. Yeah. They know every line of every episode. They know what music the network has stripped from us. They know the <laughs> network, the uh, spelling company, yeah. CBS, I should say. And and um, and everything else, it, it, it's really, they are, they keep us on our toes. One, one of my closest friends, like when I was telling him, oh, they've been trying to get me to, you know, trying to get in touch with me to do this podcast. He was like, wait a minute, I, I listened to that podcast. I love that podcast. <laughs> and I was like, really? You know, like, oh my God, yeah. Well, my goal, is, and, and I've said this to Amy when I when I said, my goal is to make Pete laugh about four times during the <laughs> It works. And I got him there. That's number four. That's good. Yeah. I was doing this, I thought, what a great thing to do during COVID, you know, oh that, no an antidote and a healthy thing to do. I have a, you know, obviously I haven't been to the hairdresser lately in like nine months, but I used to have somebody who would occasionally cut my hair when I wanted it to look good. And he was, he does like all these, you know, people that are, you know, goes to their houses, he's whatever they are, they're, they're people of influence makers or whatever they are mm -hmm. and, um, and Hollywood people. And he, I, you know, something came up and I never bring this up. And then finally he said, oh, you worked on 90210. And I said, yeah, he goes, that show changed my life. And he yeah, grew up in a very poor area. Mm. You know, people were in gangs. And um, he just thought it gave him that there was a world outside. Mm. I, I couldn't believe the story. I couldn't believe that it would reach people, you know, like such a, a broad, that made me feel really good. It was so loved. This show was so loved. And people were, I mean, we used to, we used to gather, I had like a group of friends that we used to gather, you know, and like make dinner and watch, you know, 90210 and Melrose. Play. I mean, it was, it was like a part of the zeitgeist of like the time, the era that it was on, you know, it was huge. Hugely, um, it was just, there was something about it. It was like, you know, our, our, our show, our, um, you know, the people of that age really. Yeah really got something out of it you know like, oh absolutely yeah it, there was something about it that you know it lightened it, it had such levity that it was like oh, and heart yeah. that's what we always yeah. talk about here yeah. um did yeah. you noel did you get recognized a bit from this um at the time at the time i don't know i don't i don't know i don't know right. the, the new show but did, i mean you i'm sure somebody has come to you mm -hmm. and said where are you in a 90210? Has that happened to you? Yes, it has happened to me. Yes, it has happened to me. Definitely. We're not the same. See, Pete, you're expecting and what we usually hear is, oh, yeah, yeah. But at that point, we didn't. One of the things when I, and, and, and I think it's an appropriate story to say it, 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 about this particular episode, you know, 
we were so down on the totem pole in terms of, um, in terms of promotion. We were the lowest license fee. We had all these things. And I felt that if we did something really wrong and what would be wrong would be go over budget. So I was, re and, and partially because the way the original contract was put together by the spelling company, um, after the 14th hour, on the 12th, uh, Amy, can you make, believe that a non-union company agreed to this? After the 12th hour to the 14th hour, they didn't get overtime. Overtime only kicked in at the 14th hour right. because we couldn't afford that. And we, we figured we'd be going 12, 12 and a half hours. So we said, can you please help us? And we'll give you a huge jump if we go over 14 hours. So I got a call that we are not going to make the day. And I said, no, we are going to make the day. And I drove out there. And Amy, I actually did this. It was the most probably intrusive thing I did on all 143 episodes. And, and, and so when you guys watch it again, realize this. The stuff where any scene, and I don't know if it was one scene or two scenes, but I think the major scene that, that, that Brenda did in her bedroom, everything is one take. Which, would, yeah. which one, the stealing or the first scene in the thing with Brandon? I think it's the first, I think it was the stealing part. I think it was the, and it may have been the other. That I can't, I don't remember so much, Amy, but I do remember I'm in the room and I'm, and, and the DP was a, a wonderfully artistic guy, but he was a little slow named David Geddes from Canada. He's had a great career. Um, and and I would say to him, we do one take. It would look okay to me. I turned to him and I say, did you get it? Was there dirt in the camera? No. Moving on. Moving on. And we got <laughs> pages in about less than an hour. Wasn't that, that was the scene where she brings me home, wasn't it? Where if she you remember me home. on the set doing that, then yes, that was the scene. <laughs> I kind of do remember, because that yeah. he brings me home, and we're in her room, and I hide the bag for right. the story. Yeah, yeah, that exactly. So it, it was, was interesting. I mean, I, I was, was being so over my head, but at the same time, oddly enough, particularly in that first thing, particularly with the cat, with the crew, they went, this is the guy who's in charge. And it was very hard to, in that beginning, because there were, we had a, two production companies. We had yeah. Yeah, we had a new show. It's a bottom network. And they, it was a big thing. But I, it was because of paranoid that Duke Vincent was going to yell at me and fire me. Right. I, was, I thought I would be fired. I used to have a little, post-its were brand new at the time. And, uh, Amy, you remember that big office they gave us at the on Wilshire Boulevard? Yeah. And when anybody would call, I would, and you know, that I would have to take a business order call. So the writers would be in the room, Darren and Amy and the others would be in the room, and I would turn my back. And on this little post-it, I wrote, DFU, don't fuck up. <laughs> just, just get through it, you know? And, uh, <laughs> Fortunately, uh, it, it worked. It was, uh, you know, the, and, and uh, you know, and, and, and to know that we, we bring so much pleasure to so many people mm -hmm. around the world is is really the, the justification for it all, I guess. Yes, for sure. And I remember it like I'll, I, you know, someone smashed into my car at LAX, and my insurance adjuster, I said something, and I said, well, you know, it's blah, 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 my writing is impacted. And he said, I took the liberty of looking you up on IMDb and I'm on Google. And 
you did those shows, Melrose Place and 902. They were an yeah. another, I mean, just these yeah. obscure, yeah. I'm sure, Chuck, you get this all that time. And, and Noelle, you might get it just, it's, it's interesting. The other thing I wanted to say is a shout out to the director, because I forgot, you know, there was, I loved how she shot the first scene. Well, is it Bethany? No, it was, it was, no, it was Caitlin, Caitlin something, you know? It was Caitlin, yes. Caitlin yeah. Adams was her name. She went to Beverly Hills High School. Yes, yes, yes. She had a different name, Nera Vera. She was in the two years ahead of me. And the reason that she directed it is because, you know, we, we were, you know, I was a big, big fan of everything that 30-something did. And, you know, both production-wise, the intelligence of the scripts, you know, mm -hmm. they didn't, it wasn't, it was always such a prestigious show, never a, that highly rated show, but I wasn't thinking about things like that at that point. And, uh, and I, and I had seen something directed by Mel Melanie Mayron would do some of their episodes and That's she's right. a terrific director. And I, you know, swallowed, you know, reached out, called her in this, and she was very flattered, but she said no. And Melanie said no, but she said, but you should interview my partner, who's a director. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I uh, 30 something. I had a whole storyline uh, with Melanie Mayron. And, um, and I feel like Caitlin was also maybe the director of that one episode. Wow. Yeah. 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 And it wasn't her, and what Amy is saying is exactly right. And it's an interesting thing. I mean, here I am working for a spelling company, which at that point, even though they wanted things to be, you know, more hip and more like the line production company, Propaganda. Oh, that's right. It was still the spelling. Now, the spelling company aesthetically was always the establishing shot, the over-the-shoulder shot, the close-up, and that, that kind of thing. So that was their expectation. And the younger directors that we were bringing in, newer directors, both on the green room, this one, um, the first time and one-on-one, -on -one, Bethany Rooney being one of those four directors who's gone on to have a, you know, a 30-year career. She, um, but, but, uh, but uh, Caitlin brought so much camera movement and interesting shots to it. And again, it was maybe the network executive liked it, but the, the powers that be upstairs, uh-uh. You know, and that was they wanted it more traditional. And by the time I left after the five seasons, they got what they wanted. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was a real journey because the, I think the first few were really about they really deepened the characters, you know, in a way that that's what should happen at the beginning. And there was so much freedom. Yeah. Noel, I wanted to ask you about working with some of the cast you mentioned you know, they were all super young. You did a lot with Shannon uh, mm -hmm. on screen. What was that like? Um, it You know, it was lots of fun. I remember being very, um, uh, feeling very grateful that she was very welcoming to me. And she really, she seemed to like me. And so, you know, we were eating lunch together and we were talking. And that way we really, I think it really like, um, you know, translated on screen. And yeah. I remember, you know, Luke Perry was, you know, trying to get me to come in his trailer and run lines. And, you know, it was just a very funny, 
um, I was like, that's okay. You come out here. We can run lines out here, you know? <laughs> and, um, I was like, let's go sit at the lunch table and run lines. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, and I think there was just this, uh, it, was, it was really, it was very, I just remember it being a great experience, you know? I remember it being, um, there being like, some tension but we weren't i wasn't aware of a lot of it you know there was a there was a little bit of the you know who was the important character you know who which actor felt that their character was more important mm. um, but i think like i think like amy said it was you know because it was so early in the series it was, you were learning who these characters were, you know? Well, it's interesting you say that because we we knew, we you have a Brandon episode, you have a Brenda episode. You have a Brandon episode, you have a Brandon. We went back and forth that way mostly. Mm -hmm. When we got to the sixth episode called Perfect Mom, all of us, that Darren Starr wrote, all of a sudden he wrote a great part for Jenny Garth. Kelly. And right. made her more of the focus than, than uh, yeah. the Walshers. Yeah. And uh, that was, uh, you think there was tension in episode two? You should have come back for episode three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other thing is that I think that um, it's interesting what you say also, because I was also at the beginning of Melrose Place. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very different in the sense that they had the 90210 thing having become a breakout show. Mm -hmm. And so... They went in there thinking that was happening, whereas the people, the actors went into 90210 kind of like, okay, wow, who knows if this is going to go past. And what's my next job? That's what that's they exactly, yeah. That's exactly what it was like. I mean, it really was like, you know, I mean, you know, it was the beginning. And and like Charles said, there, who knew if it was going to go beyond six episodes? So it was just sort of everybody's job at the time and. I really remember there being like an ease, you know, uh, about uh, about uh, around the whole set, you know. I, I and it's funny listening to Charles talk about the the pressure that he was under, especially from like you know Aaron's Sp the spelling company was so sort of old school TV, That's right. and, you know, had these staid ideas of how it should be, just really like you said, like you know. Then there's the far, the far away shot. Then there's the over the shoulder. And then there's the close up. Like there was a way that it was done, you know. I guess in the seventies and eighties, you know, that was very different. But um, this seemed like I, I, it. It seemed like there was a lot of freedom on the set for the actors. It, that's what it seemed like for us. Yeah, interesting. As Amy says, we didn't really know. And and the truth is also to follow what Amy said so so right is that we changed. And Sandy Grushow, we just had a conversation with him recently, uh, and and he also pointed this out. They got to the episode eight. What Amy's talking about the one where the uh, that focused on Carol Potter, Cindy, the mother. After that, they said, don't do that again. And we had the rest, we, but they had paid to episode 12. And from episode eight to episode 14, and episode 13 and 14, by the way, after a while, they would only pay for like two scripts, one episode. You know, they weren't giving us full orders. They right. were ribbing and drabbing because we weren't that big of, we weren't doing very much business for them at that point. But nonetheless, yeah, 
they at that point, episode 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, which was, Amy, um, uh, the one where Brenda Teenline isn't it? Rum AIDS episode, Brandon cracks his car, you do the falling out of the plane, and then the and Kristen Dottilla with the baby, and then yeah. slumber party. And Darren and left, did it together. They left us alone. Left us, yeah, you and Darren did that together. Left us alone. And then uh, and then there was East Side Story, one that came was part of that group. And then we did one down in Palm Springs where oh, Dylan right. and Brenda almost and the, the war ends, oh four. Ratings are back. We go down to Palm Springs. See that our, our ratings are rising. And the episode we have showing is Brenda and, and, and Dylan go to uh, Palm Springs with the intention of sleeping with each other. And that's when the set, that's when the sales department of Fox got interested in our show. Mm. You're, you're, you're doing this and then you're giving them this. What sponsors are going to do that? You know, that that was that changed the tone a little bit. Interesting. And also when the shows were at the very beginning, they couldn't decide when I first started working there, they couldn't decide on the title. And um, and it was but it really was about like, what is this show about? Is the show about the family? Is the show really about a family show about the parents? Was it about that the parent that that house is a family for all these misfits and people who don't have homes in Beverly right. Hills, the, the, you know, and, and for and Amy, for my crowd, that was the Halpin house. Was you know, it? Halpin? Oh yeah. All of us, Robert Ziegler, Philip Elway, all, all of those, Larry Kaplan, we hung out at Halpin's house with, that even though he was a grade above us, he was our buddy and the parents. And so the design of the Walsh house is the design of their house. And that was south of the tracks, too. I'd like to add that house. Well, you know, Amy, I don't know if you know the story, but we're here. I'm going to tell it like really quick. So they, the, the, the original story title was was the class of Beverly Hills. And yeah. I love that title because, as Amy said, there was a railroad tracks went right through the city. That defined you, 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 cut out, you, you cut out, Chuck. You cut out. So oh, sorry. okay. Am I back? Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. I think that was a Barry Diller title, by the way, when Darren wrote the pilot. I think that was an original. The class of Beverly Hills, too? Maybe not. Maybe it was yeah. after that. I don't know. But I don't. That was the title. And then, and we're going forward. And then Aaron Spelling calls me. And, we, and, and we've been working on the show. We've been talking about it, who's what, where it is. And he calls me up and says, Barry Diller now is changing the title. He wants it to be 90210. And my response was, no, 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 it's 90212. They live south of Wilshire. <laughs> and, and, uh, and he said, no, it's 90210. And, I, and my contribution was, I understood immediately what it was. I kind of liked it. My other writing producers and everybody hated it. And all I, I, liked said, it. I liked it. I thought it was great. Too, I think. Yeah, we got I it. Like it. Because I like 30-something, too. Which and it was different. It was a different title. Yeah. And I all I said was, Say Beverly Hills nine hundred two and zero because Beverly Hills is is the draw, right? And uh, and and yeah. Barry, Mister Diller actually went to Beverly Hills High School too, so he jumped on that, and that's that's Aaron and him, and that and the rest is uh, in the books. Amy, I don't know if I, if you answered this, but um, what the shoplifting storyline? Where did you was that an experience that you had, or I had a lot of well, let's just say I had a lot of friends who when we when we were friendly became friendly with these these kids who had so much money and it was part of what they did mm. and um and we were very like what and sort of mixed and but we were like Brenda kind of honestly and I I even have a girlfriend who um was 
from south of the tracks and she went one day in one of those expeditions and she had read some nancy drew or some books where they got caught and that they were talking and that but that someone was listening it was being taped or listened to so she said they might, so they said oh they did this whole thing and then you know it, it worked out fine and then she it just was part of um the culture of the more wealthy the bigger houses that mm. were basically unchaperoned no parents there and mm. in that era that um yeah but and, uh, and what Amy's describing with the shoplifting look my wife is uh, just a couple of years younger than both of us and that she tells her stories about it being in bloomingdale's where girls who could easily afford stuff would would walk, try to walk out with a sweater and whatever. And I think she did once and, and was so nervous she never did it again. Yeah, you know, you feel really guilty and you don't, it's ridiculous. And I have the line in that you can't, she could never wear it. But right. that was supposed to be that she felt too bad about it. I don't know if that, you know, I think something maybe got cut, but that was like that about that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Something about it that where, you know, somebody who can have anything they want and what they want is attention, really. Right. So it's like this, you know, and it's this thrill of, you know, uh, or even this attempt to get caught, you know, to sort of like, how far can I go before somebody's going to stop, mm -hmm. before somebody's going to show up and, you know, be a parent or something to me, you know? I'm curious, Noel, did you, when you read the script and you saw the, the shoplifting thing, was that, did you relate to that at all in any way? I mean, I'm not sure. You're from... What do you say? No, I'm not asking you if you shoplifted, but did you, did you, did you know... Yeah. Experiences like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, it's funny as we've been talking about this, I, you know, when I first came to Los Angeles, I grew up in Manhattan and, you know, I lived in Hell's Kitchen and um, I went to public schools. I went to, you know, the high school of performing arts. And, and then I came to LA. I was about I think 17, 18. When I, when I came to LA, I was sort of like back and forth a lot. And at that time um, I, became really close with an actress named Trisha Lee Fisher and her sister Jolie Fisher, who are Connie Fisher and Eddie Fisher's yeah. children. And I became very close with Trisha became like my like my other half and her and I were very close for a while and I lived in their house, you know, this big, beautiful house in, in Beverly Hills up Coldwater Canyon and on Delfern. And, um, you know, Connie, you know, Connie was there um, and she was very much the mother to them. But then then like we were there was times where we were it was just us. It was just the girls there, you know, and of course we were old enough to be living there. But it was for me a very, you know, I did not grow up in Hollywood by any means. So this whole, uh, you know. Um, it, it's very similar, you know, where of the character, like I was sort of like, you know, the Brenda character right. and, and, you know, and, and then the other thing that, you know, and the question you asked when I, you know, when I was in, um, I, this actually is weird that I just realized this as, as uh, Amy was talking, but when I, I lived alone in, in an apartment uh, in Manhattan Plaza in New York City 
when I was 14, my mother was an actress and she got a job and she uh, got a bus and truck of, um, of uh, Brighton Beach memoirs. And she was, and she, it was a big job for my mother, who was an actress who didn't didn't really have that much success. And she went on this national tour, and then the bus and truck. So she was gone for two and a half years. So I actually did live alone mm. in the apartment in Hell's Kitchen from fourteen to seventeen. So for me, that was the affinity of the character was the you know i'm i have the i had so much bravado as a teenager and nobody knew nobody could know that i was living alone school didn't right. know and you know and there was a lot of <laughs> for me in that character you know that was the thing that i had the affinity with not not so much the shoplifting know. yeah so yeah i think that's a really big thing this abandonment or feeling you know like that feeling and and when you're a teenager and with your mom and stuff. I thought the scene, by the way, where you came up to Shannon, you know, at her, I guess in between classes and said, come with us and the way you did it and you put your arm around her. I thought it was, I just thought it was so great. And yeah, acceptance, exactly. You're in the teen club now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also think the scene that you and Carol have at the end of this is yeah. really, really unbelievably Great. I mean, the, the the stuff that you guys did together, such beautiful work there, Noel. Um, do you remember doing that and shooting that with Carol? I do. I remember it very well. I really do. I I remember, I remember it especially because um, she was a very good actress, you know, and I, you know, I kind of, you know, I didn't grow up doing television. I grew up doing like off Broadway in in Manhattan and and. Uh, and just doing, I did a lot of theater as a young, you know, as a kid. And so for me, um, it was, it, there was a difference between acting with, you know, uh, Shannon and, and Luke and Jason, like there was like this kind of kidness about it. But when I was, when I did that scene with her, it was really, you know, grounding for me because I felt like she gave me so much to work off of. Mm. And that was really, you know, it was really rich for me, you know, and I think a lot, and this happened to me a lot when I was an actress, like, I think when, you know, when you're acting, you're, when you're working a lot, you, you're just, okay, I'm doing this show, I'm, you know, this script, and on this day, I'm learning my lines, and you almost don't feel the gravity necessarily always of your character, or don't have time to, you know, uh, do the, kind of you know method acting or work that you would on a script and I remember being in that house and filming that scene and being like oh this has such gravity this this is like much more important than I realized you know right. like, this character you know and this interaction you know it was very powerful i thought she she was great to work with she was really sweet i thought she, i thought the dynamic between the two of you was really really good too and i you know i forgot how good that dynamic was i thought that was she was those were her scenes with you you know and with with the shannon were great but that scene with you at the end also the scene i guess it's the bikini scene is that where you talk about the trump trump lawyer yeah, trump yeah. Okay, so that line I wrote it like I remember the one thing I remember about writing the script is I wrote that about two in the morning, you know, after I 
And uh, it just like, I didn't plan it. It just totally came out. And I thought, that is so cool that that line came out. And I never had intended that that would be part of the scene. But you did it so beautifully, too. Oh, thank you. I was so scared because I was like, how do you say this? Am I going to say it right? I don't speak French. Oh, my God. (laughs) Asking everybody, how do you say this word? But you know, like you were one of these kids that would have gone and would have gone on one of these trips to Europe and would know all. the fact that you did remember it made, made you have so much more depth the way you said it, too. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So it's really great, guys. This is good chat. I think we covered everything. Amy, I love uh, having you here and adding your insight. Thank you. Thank There's you, definitely some more episodes we'd love to jump in with you uh, down the line. So There's some really, really... Great stuff. This stuff we'll is we'll definitely do it. Yeah. Yeah. And Noelle, it's great seeing you again. Uh, it's been a blast getting to know you briefly. <laughs> are, you, are you in LA or are you back east? No, I'm back east. I live in uh in on the east end of Long Island. I'm in Sag Harbor now. Nice. Oh wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Over. A little you much different than uh, where you grew up and when you grew up in Hell's Kitchen, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I live back and forth to the city, but yeah, I'm out here. Nice. All right, guys. Thanks so much for this. um, And we will all be in touch. All right. Thank Thank you. you. It'll be great to see you. My best, Gary. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye. Bye, everyone. Nice to see everyone. Thank you.